Okay, so we're starting, we're at the second to last line of Tzadi Testament Beis. Amar Rava, this is actually a repeat of a sugi we had um, way back when, beginning of the Sechba. Amar Rava, Pshita, Mayim Agabi Mayim, if you have water on top of water, so essentially a pond of water. So, Hainu Hanachasan. So water is considered, even though, let's say, let's say you poured water on top of an existing pond, so that's considered a hanacha. We'll see whether this comes to fuke in a second, but to, for the purposes that if you, pick up, if you pick up the water from there and then carry water somewhere else, you know, let's say it's in Rosh Hashanah, you carry through Sayachet, you're going to be high. It's considered an akira from a place that is resting. In order to have an akira, wherever it's sitting, it needs to be nach. It has to be stationary. So we're going to consider water on top of water stationary. Ego is However, if you have a walnut floating on top of the water, it's not considered resting because water is not solid. So you're, when you pick up, if you pick up this walnut and you carry it somewhere else, it's not considered a akira from a makam that was resting. But because the water is moving, the whole time. The water is moving. Well, something you can't have. Something cannot be stationary on top of water. Now, by Rava, what happens if I have egois bikli? Let's say I have a walnut on a keli, bikli tzapa gamimayim, and the kli is floating on the water. Mahu. What is the din going to be? Mi amrinan basar egois. What? Huh? I couldn't find it. Oh, sorry. Okay, so we're up to our first line on Kuf Amad Aleph. Let's say you have a walnut on top of a kli, or a nut on top of the kli, the kli tzaf agabi mayim, and the kli is floating on the water. So the question is going to be, mahu, what is the status of this nut? Meaning the kli is clearly not nach, it's floating on the water. The egois is, is nach on the kli because a kli is solid. So we're going to go busser where the, the walnut's sitting, right? Where the egos is sitting, or we're going to go busser where the kli is sitting. So me, I'm reading on busser, egos is lean on The nut, lomaisa, is stationary on the kli. However, oidilma, busser, kli is lean on bahal We're going to go based on the kli. The kli is on the water, and therefore it's not nayich. So if I would pick up from, if I pick up this walnut from the kli that's floating on the water, we want to know, is that considered, is that considered a hanach, an akira from a place that is stationary? In order, again, in order for there to be an akira, it, there has to be, to start your mindset, it has to be from a place that's stationary. Shemen agabe yayin, fourth line down, shemen agabe yayin, let's say you have oil on top of wine. That is a machlikas rebiechen menuri rabbanon. Whether, in other words, whether I'm going to consider um, water, so we said yayin on top of yayin, that is, right, because that's uh, li- liquid. So this is a question of viscosity. Is shemenayagabe yayin going to be considered nach or not? Is it going to be considered like mayim on mayim or like two physical objects? I'm sorry, or like a physical object on top of a floating object, right? Shemen, oil, is thicker than yayin, than wine. Um, so that's going to be my chagas of Yechonah ben Rebbe. Rabbanon detnan shemen shetzaf agav yayin shemen floating on water v'noga tful yoyim b'shemen. If a tful yoyim touches the shemen, loy pasul ela shemen. The Tanakhama, the Rabbanon hold that you only pasul the shemen. That's what he touched because we view the shemen and the yayin as two separate 
objects. And Rashi points out why we're specifically talking about a Tzul Yom, because if we're talking about a real Tame person, then even if you view Shemen on top of wine as, as two different items, still, if a Tame person touches the Shemen, then the Shemen, which is Tame, touches the eye, and that's going to be a problem. But a Tzul Yom, um, where you, you, the Tumah is not going to carry, it's not as strong, so therefore, it's just only if he touches the Shemen, if you hold the two different things, then it will only be Metama the Shemen. But Rabbi Yechon Amenuri, Yaymishneim, Chibor Zelazeh, they're connected. The wine and the oil are connected, and if you touch the oil, it's like you touch the wine. Omar Abaya, now this comes off, remember I said pay attention yesterday. Omar Abaya, Bar Bershus HaRabim, Amuk Asar Varach Vashmaina. If you have a pit in Rishus HaRabim that's 10 deep, eight by eight wide, v'zarak l'techai mach you throw a mat into it, you're going to be chayev. Okay, that's not really relevant. Throw an object into it, you're chayev, great, we know that. But, chilka b'mach let's say you took the mat and you used it as a mechitza, so you threw it into the bar, right, and it lands right in the middle of the bar, in between, dividing each side by four. So he says, you know what? Potter, you're going to be potter. Why? Because the mat takes up space. And if you had exactly eight, that mat is an inch. It now divides the bar. You now have less than dalid, less than dalids. And therefore, when your mat landed, now remember, this is a Shiloh yesterday, right? Which the Mar is going to address. But when your mat landed, Abayah says, it divided your mechitza. You no longer have a hanacha in a, something that's yud, dalid al dalid. And therefore, you're potter. So now, they're throwing in a mat to use as a mechitza. That is going to be mevatel your, that's going to be mevatel, or create a new mechitza. That's going to be mevatel your original airspace. So then, remember we asked that question about the cholya? What happens if I take some dirt and I dump it into the bottom of the pit? Is that going to be mevatel, the, well, the bar? Well, if dirt is going to be mevatel, right? If I throw dirt in, which is, um, right, so uh, uh, so if a foreign object is enough, is going to be mavatel, right? Is going to split up the space. When I throw dirt into the pit and it raises the bottom of the pit, for sure that's going to be mavatel mechitza. So for him, we know where Abaya stands on that child from yesterday. But Rav Yechanan who didn't even know if the dirt, when you build up the floor of the pit, if that's going to be considered reducing the airspace of the pit. So Pshita, uh, then for sure, I'm sorry, that he wanted to know about the dirt. So for sure, a mat, which is a foreign object, similar to the case of like the Vela Shemina, when we spoke about that there's a foreign object, right, that is not being Mavato, and we said that's why when you talk about the Devele Shemena on the wall, right, you said that's a foreign object, you can't compare it to the case of where you're digging or you're putting dirt into a pit. So what do we see? So for sure, according to him, that the Mechitza is not going to be Batal, Al Yidei, and he would argue, or Yechidon would argue on Abaya here. The next case, Vamar Abaya, Barber Shisha Rabim Amuka Sarabarachba Arba, Milea Maim, if the bar is filled with water. So you have a bar filled with water, you throw into it, then you're going to be chayiv. Malaya peiris, if it's filled with fruits, and you throw into it, potter. Why? 
Mayim, the water is not going to be mevatel the airspace of the pit. But peres mevatli mechitza. That there's no difference between if you fill your pit with peres or fill it with dirt. Paris is a solid object that will be mevato your mechitza. Tanya nami hachi. So either way, it's still going to be, we view the water as if it's not there. Okay. I mean, I'm saying it does something. So, so uh, right. I'm saying, you're saying it's a, the, the fruits are a solid object. So, what, so what's the difference if the fruits are a solid, solid object? Who cares? A, because I mean, there's a concept that mine live about in the we're going to see this. Uh-huh, okay. If you throw from the ocean to a highway, so we're just harabim into an ocean. Ocean has a status of a Carmelis. Then you're going to be potter. Okay? You're not, not allowed to do it, but if you throw from a Rosh Harabim to a Carmelis, you're potter. Rav Shimon Oimer, Im yesh b'mokam shezorak omok asara barachav arba chayev. Let's say you're standing in the ocean, okay? But there's a pit in the ocean that you're standing in. And that pit is yud by Dawid. Yeah, it's filled with water, but you're standing in that pit. Then he holds that makam that you're standing in is going to be Rosh Hashayachad. Mikayach, this concept that mayim lemavatli mechitza. And therefore, it's like you're standing in a pit and you're going to be chayev for throwing from Rosh Hashayachad to Rosh Hashayachad. Okay, Hazarek Arba Amas Bekaisel, this we had yesterday. You throw four Amas on a wall. So if you throw something and it's above 10, you're above 10. We're talking about throwing Dawad Amish, it was just Harabim. He throws something above 10, above 10 of the wall. It's like you're throwing in 10 Tvachim above the airspace of Rosh Harabim, which is in Malkam Patur. But if you throw against the wall and it's less than 10, then it's like throwing Dalad Amas on the ground. It's like it landed on the ground and you are going to be Chayiv. Right? So the Gemara, again, is assuming that what did you do here? You're standing far away from a wall, right? More than Dalad Amas on the wall. You throw against the wall. Okay, the Gemara is assuming that you throw a ball or something. It bounces back. And now the Gemara wants to know, well, I don't understand. It never came to rest. It, you throw it against the wall, bounces, lands back, where, let's say bends back at your feet, or somewhere that's not Dalad Amas, and never had a Hanacha outside of Dalad Amas. We're talking about a sticky cake. You throw a sticky cake on the wall. The sticky cake sticks on the wall, so there's Hanacha on the wall. Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Rav, Amar Rav Chia. Zarak Lamala Measara. Let's say you threw above 10 against a wall. Veholcha, so you're above 10. Veholcha, Venacha, Bechur, Kolshehu. Let's say it lands inside a crevice of the wall. Banu Lamachlaikas or Meir Rabbanon. So now we're going to have a Machlaikas or Meir Rabbanon. So what are we asking? So like this, you throw Daladamas, you're standing with Shisharabim, you throw, I'm sorry, you don't have to throw Daladamas. You're standing with Shisharabim, you throw into a crevice in the wall. Now, there's a little hole. So if we hold, there's a concept called Chaykikim Lahashlam, that when something lands in a hole, we're automatically going to view as if we dug out an area. So if you hold Chaykikim Lahashlam, 
then you dug out that chur will view it as if it's dug out into a complete area that's four by four. And, and if it's lamala miyud, so you now threw from Rosh Rabin and it landed on Rosh Hayachid, lamala miyud. Okay? If we hold Chagigil Mahashlam, so I throw from Rosh Rabin, okay? No, I throw it to a wall. Wall has no status. Let's say a wall has no status. But if I say Chagigil Mahashlam, if it lands in that crevice, we'll view it as if you dug out an area four by four. And if it's above 10, so the area of like an um and a pillar, we view it like a pillar of 10 high, four by four, the airspace above that is a Rishos Ha Yachid. And now when I go ahead and I throw it, it now throws, lands, goes from Rishos HaRabim to Rishos Ha Yachid. It's a concept of that anytime you have unrest- there's nothing to restrict you so we can view the area as if it's carved out. Okay. okay. So that we dig out to finish up. There's already a hole in the area. So we'll view the rest of the space considered as dug out. Then you're not going to be Mechaev. Tanya Nami Hachi, similar case. Zorak Lamala. What happens if it's Pachas Me'asar? If it's Pachas Me'asar, it will be a Makam Patur. That's like anything that's Pachas Me'asar, Dalad al Dalad, is going to be a Makam Patur. Uh, Parmelis. Par- yeah, because it's, then we'll be considered, it will be considered as if it's resting less than Yod. So you're going to be Patur then. Even if you say Chayyim Hashem, Chayyim Hashem takes it under a No, Chayyim Hashem is saying we're going It only is going to dig out the area around. It's not going to dig north south. In other words, it landed in a chor, wherever it is. Chayyim Hashem will say hollow out that space around where it landed to make it a makam dalit al dalit. But wherever it is, if it's above ten in your chayiv, it's below ten. You're going to be pater. Tanya Nami Hachi, Zarak Lamala Measara, if you throw above ten, Bahokha Benacha Bakur Kol Shahu, we say similarly, same case. Rameer Machai Bakam Patron. So we see that this is subject to the Machikis of Khikikin Lahashlam, whether you hold like Rameer or like the Chachamim. Okay, so next, Amaravi Hudamarav. Tell Hamislaki. So now we're going to talk about inclines, right? So let's talk about this in theory. So in theory, we know that if I walk up a street, even if a street is a hill, if it's Urshis Arabim, Right? Now, uh, I'm walking on the Shisarabim, even if it has an incline, you know, a three degree incline, a five degree incline, whatever it is, it's going to be Shisarabim. But the question is how much incline turns into a pillar? At a certain point, right? Obviously, if you had this sitting on the Shisarabim, okay, well, you're walking on Shisarabim, that is not considered part of the road, right? Even, even if this was asphalt, right, or whatever dirt, it's still not considered part of the road. It's an object that popped up in the middle, that would be a Malkin Pator, not Rosh Hashanah. So we're saying, tell Hamislaket, tell Hamislaket, Asara Mitaych Arba. You want to know what your degree ratio is? If a hill has, uh, has a height of 10, Toich Dalet Amos, right? So Dalet Amos is about uh, 24 Tvachim, something like that, right? So it would be a ratio of about 2.4 to 1. 
So whatever that is, I don't know, maybe a 40 degree angle, steep angle. But once you'd have a, a, a hill that has a steep angle, a really steep angle, that is, that it's 10 high, toich, dalad amas, then, so if you, zarak v'nach al-gabav, you're going to be chayev. Because then we view that area as a rishos hayachid. It's 10 high. So it's a rishos hayachid, it's not a rishos harabim. And if you throw an object onto that much of a mound, that will be considered transferring from Rishis HaRabim to Rishis HaYachet, you're going to be Chayet. Tanya Nami Hachi. And we see a similar case by Mavui. That Mavui sheshava l'toychay v'na'ase, that if you had a Mavui, right, we know a Mavui, so a Mavui is like a, 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 a chatzar, right, so you have a chatzar, houses in a chatzar, in a courtyard, and then multiple courtyards in a Mavui. Okay, the din by Mavui is that if it's not mafulish, right, if it's a, like a cul-de-sac type of mavoi, that you could put what's called a lechi or a kaira at the front of it, and then we can enjoin the entire mavoi to be able to carry in it to make it one which is hayachet. So what we're saying is that, why do we need that? Because a mavoi is not, is not a rishis, it's not a rishis, the entrance needs, the entrance needs to be made into a rishis hayachet. That's what we're saying. The lechi or the kaira, putting a wall there makes it into a rishis hayachet. So we see here, that um, let's say you had a mavoi that was all on one, you know, even area, one even plane, and you made a ramp down to Rishis Harabim, okay, or so what we're saying is if you had a mavoi that was above ground or below ground by this incline of Yud Teich David Amos, then we would say, Okay, it does not need a lechi or a kaira because we view that entrance, let's say the mavoi is up here, right? Mavoi is up here. We view the entrance and you have a ramp going up to the mavoi, okay? We view that area right here as a makam dalid, yud high, and that goes up and that seals off the mavoi. And you don't need a lechi or a kaira because again, your incline creates this, even though it's a, uh, an extension, your incline of Yodamas, Teich Dalid, creates an edge, creates a Rishos Hayachid over there in that area. So whether it's above ground or below ground, right, and, and the, the, the ramp comes up to allow you into the Mavoy or down, right, or up to allow you into Rishos either way, that will create a separate area, Rishos Hayachid, okay, in between your the entrance in between your Mavoi and which is Harabin. Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel Aimer, tell Hamaslaket Atara, Asara, Mitoich Arba, Vizarak, Venach, Agabav, Chayev. Again, a repeat of what we just said that, um, so this is the Brysa, right? This is a Brysa like Rav. So we, we mentioned the Mavoi case, but the end of the Brysa, Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel Aimer, tell Hamaslaket Asara, Mitoich Arba, which was what, 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 what Rabbi Yehuda Amarav said. That that is the level of incline, that is the grade that would no longer qualify as Rishis Harabim, but rather would then view it as a separate Rishis Hayachid inside of your Rishis Harabim. Zarak Lutaich Daladamas. Let's say you threw, Zak the Mishnah, Zarak Lutaich Daladamas, you threw, you intended to throw inside of Daladamas. Vinis Galgal, Chutzla Daladamas, and it rolled. Now it's very important to understand this rolled does not mean it landed on the floor and rolled. It means that you had a wind gust came and blew it back. 
Okay, don't you, don't think Liskagal means it landed on the floor because then you had a then you have Akira Hanacha, right? If it's Teich Dalad, you're going to be Potter because it did not travel Dalad Amas. If it's Chutzladal, that's the next case. Chutzladal Amas, uh, Potter, right? So if you intended to throw Teich Dalad Amas and a wind gust came and blew it outside of Dalad Amas, you're going to be Potter because you intended to throw less than Dalad Amas, which would not be Machayivu, and it went more. Now, Chutzladal Amas, you intended to throw. More than four amas. That is a malacha of Shabbos. Then is dalid. And what happened? A wind gust came, okay, caught it, and brought it back in. You're going to be chayiv. So the Gemara says, whoa, 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 one second. I'm, why am I chayiv? V'halaynach. So Amrav Yechanan, v'hu shenach agabe mashahu. That it didn't land on something, but rather, what does mashahu mean here? And Rashi speaks this out. That it stopped in the wind. So that is a hanacha. It came to rest for a split second before it blew back. So you threw it out, okay? A wind came and caught it. It stopped. It was stationary for a second, okay? And then it brought it back in. That is considered a hanacha outside of, outside of your Dalad Amas and your Chayim. So you intended to throw eight. It goes eight Amas. Wind gust comes, stops it, and brings it back in. Since it stopped outside of eight Amas, you are higher for throwing outside of eight hours. Why? We look at the character of the Rishisra going straight up? No, because it's a Hanacha. Why would here be a Hanacha? No, it's Teich Gimel. I'm sorry. Teich Gimel to the ground. We were within three. So you're within three to the ground. Sorry. I had to... Okay. V'hush Hanacha Gabi Mashu. And it has to be Teich Gimel to the ground. Okay. And Rashi says, Im B'Seich Gimel Hu. Okay, so that's why it's considered a hanacha. Tanya nami hachi zarach chutz ladalad amos. If you threw outside of dalad amos, ud chafasei ruach, and the wind blew it back in. Vechnisai. Now here it did not stop. Ba'afopisha chazer v'haitziyai pater. Okay, so if you threw it outside of dalad, the wind blew it back in, and then carried it back out, and then it landed. Then you're going to be pater because your koyach or your maisa did not cause it to land out. It was something else that brought it in and then took it back out. But if it goes out eight amas and then the wind comes, it brings it to a stop. of the ground and then brings it back in and then brings it back out. Doesn't matter. You're chayef for your original because that, that original stopping is going to be considered a uh, hanacha. You're going to be chayef. Amar rava. That according to the Rabbanon, we know that obviously the famous Machlechus we started with, the Paraquith, of Kluta. That the Rabbanon do not hold of Kluta. They don't hold that an item is considered stopping along the way as it's traveling. So according to them, what they're saying is if I throw an item, when it gets Teich Gimel to the ground, coming in for, right, coming in to drop, nor, any normal case, the question is, once it's Teich Gimel to the ground, do we say, at that point, it's like it's on the ground? So he says, no. It has to have a hanacha. It has to come to a rest in order, even if it's in the, wi- in the, in, in the wind, but as long as it's traveling, okay, we don't consider it stopped until it either hits the ground or comes to a rest, the ground. So, he's saying this Gemara, 
saying, what's your chiddush over here? Lav hainu masnisa. This is our Mishnah. Rav Yechanan says this memra, that it has to come to a stop, toich gibel of the ground, in order to be kitzahan nachal. Great. That's exactly how we explain the Mishnah. So Amar Lehi says, no, there's a difference. Why misgalgal ka'amrat? You're trying to ask me from the case of where it comes back in? Whoa, there's a big difference. Misgalgal ain't soifal lenuach. When it comes to a rest and stops there, right? We're saying it has to come to a rest. Why? Because later it's going to continue its travels. So maybe that's where it must come to a rest, and I won't say that when I throw it, if it's gimel to the ground, even if it didn't rest, we're going to be considered a hanacha, because you know what? It's going to move from that area. But, avahai, let's say a regular case of throwing where there's no wingus, kivan disayfal anuach agab, since it's going to land anyways there, maybe afagab deloynach, even since it's going to land here anyways, as I'm throwing it, it's coming down for a landing, Maybe I'll say Teich Gimel there's a Hanacha, even though it's going to end up right under there. Teich Gimel, maybe I should say that it's considered a Hanacha. That's where Rabbi came and applied the same concept, saying that no, don't think that just because you're into Lavad, you got it into Lavad, you're good enough. It is not considered a Hanacha until it actually physically lands on the ground. Okay, again, we're going to have a, a, a repeat here of a Mishnah we had way back earlier. Remind you of the fun times of the first parak. If you throw in the ocean four amas, you're going to be putter because a yam is a caramelous, right? The ocean's a caramelous. Now we're talking about in Rishasarabim, rakak is a puddle. So if you had a puddle, a big puddle in Rishasarabim, mahalechas boy, that a puddle goes through the Rishasarabim. You throw daladamas in this puddle. So you have a really large puddle. What makes a puddle, as opposed to a lake or, or a makabatur, is if it's not yud. So it's less than yud, but it's a wide area, okay, right in the middle of the Sarabim, then you're going to be chayim. The kamahu rakak mayim, pachas me'asar etzvachim. A puddle is classified as less than ten tzvachim. Now we have a repeat of the same case. Rikak mayim, you have a pond of a puddle. Versus a rabbi mahalachas by, and versus a rabbi goes through the puddle. Hazarik b'teichay dalad amas chayiv. Exact same case. So the Gemara is going to want to understand. Amar le'ahu me'rabanan le'rava. Why did I have to have this entire case twice? Now there's two words to this case. Rikak mayim versus a rabbi mahalachas by. We said if you have a pond in the middle of your Shusarabim and you throw, basically that pond is mevatal to your Shusarabim. It's considered part of your Shusarabim. So, Bishlama, Hiluch, Hiluch, I needed to say the din, I needed to say the Hiluch part. I could have said, I needed to say Hiluch twice. Okay? I needed to say Hiluch, Hiluch, Trezimne. Why? Because Hakash Kamash Malan, what are we saying? Hiluch, in order for something to be a Rosh Hashanah, there's a fundamental din that needs to happen. And that is, the oilam needs to travel through it. If you have an area in the middle of Rosh Hashanah that is untraversable, okay, that is going to, it, that is Mavatal, the Rosh Hashanah. We're saying, Rakak, a pond in the middle, we're saying that the, if the Rosh Hashanah is Mahalech Bai, even if it's not ideal, so Hakam Ashman, Hiloch Ayadeatchak Shmehiloch, that as long as the island can go through it, then we're going to consider it 
part of the Rosh Harabim. Even if it's not ideal, right? Even if there's a puddle, I'm going to get my pants wet, that is still considered a Rosh Harabim. But, and we're contrasting this with, we have to doubly say it to reinforce it. As opposed to, something like a chor. Remember we have this case where something is slightly below the Rosh Harabim and it could be used by the Rosh Harabim. So will we give that area, right? Will we say it's a Makkah Pator? Or, or since it could be used by the Rabbim to put some stuff in it, right? What's the normal case of something that's used by the Rabbim? That's something we called Rabbim Mekatkenbay. That was something that was nine, right? That was nine high, that people will put their backpacks on it. That's the normal, uh, you know, locker storage system for Rosh Harabim. Now what happens if I have something that's, you know, three inches under the, uh, underground, like a ditch? So we, we said that since that is not the normal use, normally we would have a post that people are makatef on, that would be nine high, even though it could theoretically be used, you know what? That is not going to be considered part of the Rosh Harabim. So we're contrasting, we needed to say this case of Hiluch twice, because we're saying only when it comes to walking through the Rosh Harabim, does it, will we say that even if it's not ideal, I'm going to get my pants wet, I'm going to get my shoes wet, right? That is considered hiluch, but something that is tashmish, so I needed to say hiluch twice to highlight that point. Ella rekak, rekak, trezimni, lamali. Why do I have to say the rekak part twice? What am I learning from the fact that we, we bring this case, so I know I need the hiluch part, but why do I need the rekak part twice? So the Gemara says, I need this to tell me that this din will apply of hiluch, uh, you know, even if it's not ideal, in the that in the winter and the summer. And why do I need both? If I would have only said one, I would have said, you know what? You know when I'll say that going through a pond in Rosh Harabim is considered part of the Rosh Harabim? That is only in the summer. You know why? Davidi Inish Damaski, people normally would walk through that pond. It's good because they'll cool themselves off and it's Kishmak. I will be but in the middle of the winter, the last thing I want to do in the cold winter is walk through a pond of water. I would say that the Hiluch through this Rosh Harabim is not considered a good traveling, and therefore this pond would be Mavatam Rosh Harabim, Kamash Malon, no, and if I throw Daladamas in the pond, I'm going to be Chayv. The Iyash Me'inim and on the flip side, if I would just say one case, and assume it's Yemais HaGashamim, the Kivan Dimitanfi, people are dirty anyways, right? In the winter months, they're walking, there's snow, there's, it's rainy season there, so their pants are wet anyways, who cares, I'll go right through the pond. But in the summer, when my clothes, the crease in my pants is pristine, okay, then people won't go through it. And since people won't go through it, it is no longer considered part of the Shusharabim. So therefore, we needed to say this case of Rakak twice. Abaya Amar, a similar chilak, that no, it's a little different. That it's I need it because that's only if it's not Dalit Amos, then it's going to be considered Rishus Harabim because it's a small enough area. People will walk through it. If I see this huge pond, even if it's not 10, I might think that some people are going to walk around it. They're going to say, I'm not walking through it. It's too big. You know, I'll walk through a little puddle, but a big one, no. So Kamashua, I need to say this case twice to show that a big one and a little one are both 
pawns are going to be considered part of the Shisharabim. Ravashi, a third way of explaining this, he says, a little bit counter over here. The only time that I'm going to consider this pond in the Rosh Hashanah part of the Rosh Hashanah and not a separate area is when it is Dalit. You know why? Because it's so big to walk around it's going to be a pain. And I can't jump over it. But, but what happens if it's very small? A small pond. Maybe I'll say that that's going to be Vatal. You know why? Because if I see a small pond, what am I going to do? Step over it, not step through it. If I see a puddle on the street, I mean, you see this, right? In the rainy season, you're walking down the street and there's a huge puddle. If, you, if for whatever reason you can't go on the street, okay, you're walking on the sidewalk, you walk right through it. But if it's a little one, you'll hop right over it. So if people hop over it, that means they're not using that space. If they're not using that space, that is not considered a makam hiluch of the rabbin. They'll jump over it. Okay? And therefore, people aren't using it. And we'll say it should no longer be considered part of the Rosh Hashanah. And this is actually Sfaris Ravashi, the Amr Ravashi, Haiman Dezarek, somebody who throws something, Venach Aguda de Gamla. It lands on this piece of wood that's used as a bridge, right? So if you have, uh, you're walking down the sidewalk, again, in those days, city planning wasn't as efficient as maybe as, as we are today, okay? And there was a stream that cut through. So there was a plank, a board plank, so that people can continue walking. So some people would step on the plank. It's a little bit of a pain. You know, I'm walking on a nice sidewalk and all of a sudden there's a plank there because the river cut through, right? Some people would step on it. Some people would step over it still, because Lamaisa people will use it, even though some people are going to step over it, so to the pond, that's less than Dalit, even though some people may, may step over it, some people, Lamaisa, do use it, it's going to be considered part, a pond is going to be considered part of the Rosh Hashanah. One last mission over here. If you throw from the ocean to the dry land, like we said, the ocean is a... Carmelis. No, no, Carmelis. Carmelis, okay. To dry land. So either Rosh Hashayachit or Rosh Hashayachit. Or from Rosh Hashayachit or Rosh Hashayachit to the Carmelis. Uminayam lisfina. A boat, okay. If you throw to a boat, boat has a din of a Rosh Hashayachit, assuming that the boat is ten high and four wide. Okay. Uminasfina liyam. Or from the boat to the ocean. Uminasfina lechaverta. Or from boat to boat. You're going to be potter in any of those cases. Those are only, okay, potter, not because you, you, you're throwing from a Shayachat to a Carmelis or Shayachat to another Shayachat. Now, Sfinas, Kishurais, Zubizu, those are Patra Abel Asa, right? You're not allowed to go from a Shayachat to a Rishayachat. Um, you can't go from a Shayachat to a Rishayachat, but you're not going to be hired for that. However, Sfinas, Kishurais, Zubizu, if you had two boats tied to each other, Mitazul, Mizulazu, you are allowed to carry, it's like an Erev, in Ein Kishurais, if they are not tied, even though these two boats are right next to each other, still, you can't take from boat to boat. So now we're going to talk about mechitzas of a boat. Itmar, Svina. In regards to a boat, so we're talking here, we want to know, let's say the people sitting on the boat, they need water from the water, right? Assuming that the water was freshwater source, okay? So the question is like this, how am I getting water onto my boat on Chavez? So, all you need is to take a ledge, a protrusion out, okay? And from that ziz, from that ledge, from that protrusion, you drop a rope and a bucket and you pick the water up and you put it on, right? And you pick up the water from the ocean and you bring it onto the boat. 
Okay, Kol Shehu He says that you can basically take, you put the ziz out, and we'll see why you put a ziz out, but he holds, you can basically take water from a caramelis, right, caramelis, we'll see why it's not a problem in a second, to the Rishas Hayachim, even though that's an Isra Durabanan, he says you could do it. How do you get water? What you do is you make a frame, a window frame that's four by four, and you put your bucket with your strings through there. So you created a four by four area. Okay, umamala. So now we have to understand these two cases. Why? We hold, where does the, the question here, what they're arguing about is where does the caramelis in an ocean start? Does it start from the seabed, from the bottom, under the water, or does it start from the water? So like this. We know there's a concept that just like Rosh Hashanah, above 10 is going to be a Malkin Petur, so too above 10 and a Carmelis is going to be a Malkin Petur. So Rav Huna holds that, you know where you start measuring your Carmelis from? From the ground of the ocean floor. So by the time I get to the water on top that I'm going to take, that's already above Yud of the Carmelis. If it's above Yud, it's a Malkin Petur. Now I'm taking from a Malkin Petur to a boat. So that means the whole... Uh, so why do you need the Ziz? So why do you need the Ziz? Right? No, no, no. That means the whole ocean is a Malkin Petur? Meaning... The water the of the ocean, yes. The water of the ocean is a Malkin Petur. Okay. The Avira Malkin so right? So, Kosovar Karmelis may Aram Ashkina from the bottom ground floor of the ocean. The Avira Malkin Petur, and therefore uh, the space, the water is essentially in an airspace that's 10. Uvidinhu, and really, does this not really bite you? What do you take from Malkin Petur? Why do I need this Ziz thing? Why do I need a protrusion, right? Why do I need a ledge coming out? So you don't, shouldn't need that. That we know you're doing something funny over here. So we're making a hacker to just say that it's Shabbos. You just put it out there and you can take it. They say no. They say, you know what? You have to make this frame. Make this frame of a four by four. And fill from there. Why? That you're going to start counting the caramelists from the water, from the water, and Maya Ara Smichta, that the the uh, fl- water surface, the surface of the water has a din of flat ground. So you're taking, so he holds that the water is a caramelis, and now you're taking a caramelis, so you have to do, okay, um, if you don't make a space of four, then you're being the tautal. Now you're gonna tell me. I, maybe you'll ask, how does making a frame good? I only have four, where's my 10? So, what we're gonna say is that we have what's called the Mechitza Toluya, and even though, right, we know that it's very nice to say from an area of four by four, 10 high, that the airspace above it's Mishnah Yachid, however, Mechitza Toluya normally does not work. Let's say for Sukkah, we don't say, go ahead and make a you know, rim around the top, you know, the top. You need walls coming down because Bechitza Tulio normally does not work. Except on water, there's a special hatter, the Chacham and Gabe, that a Bechitza Tulio works on water. So when I make a frame of four by four, you basically made a, a chute, like a laundry chute, down to the water, even though there's nothing around the side. You know, I made that chute down to the water, and I pull the water up through there. One more point. He said, it's very nice, but what happens if I'm in shallow water? According to Rav Huna, who holds, I measure from the seabed. You gave a blanket patur 
to say you can pull from the water. What do we mean? What happens if the water is less than 10? So the Gemara says, Amalei, Gamina de'ain Sifina. What case did the mission say? It didn't say Areva, it didn't say a tiny boat. It is said a Sifina. No way that it could be. A Sifina can't. It needs to be, right? Gamina de'ain Sifina mahalachas apachas me'asara. I frack the Gemara. Really? You ever see those pirate boats that have the tip going up? The Hamorsha, the tip at the pirate boat. That raises up above the water. So that could be above 10. So Bahamursha, a tip, right? That points up Isbe. Amara Safra, you know what? Gishushi Azli Kame, the probers, okay? Meaning they have depth measuring, and yes, part of the boat might go above 10. However, the rest of the boat is still going to be below 10. And they don't allow it to get into such shallow water because it'll mess up the rest of the boat. So that won't happen. Amarle Rav Nachman, but one more, one more point over here on Rav Nachman, Yitzchak, Rav Chia Bar Oven, Rav Chista, so according to the according to the Amaran that held that you make a frame of four and fill, Where did they spill out their wastewater? Right? Their garbage water, they're not gonna keep it on the ship. They're gonna pour it back into the ocean. They, there was no EPA back, back in those days. So according to that cheetah that holds you have to make a makam dalit, I'm not gonna pour it back through that chute. That's gonna be disgusting. Right? We're docked on we're docked on Shabbos in the middle of the ocean. Or we're anchored, right? Wherever it is, I, I, that's right. You don't, uh, you don't, uh, you don't eat where you go to the bathroom, right? So I'm not going to pour my dirty water. Is that the actual expression? Something like that. that. Yeah, that's the way I heard it. So, so you're not going to pour your water down there. So where am I going to pour my water? So the Gemara says, That's disgusting. I'm not going to put it down that chute. I'm going to get my drinking water there. So the Gemara says, the shadile adafna the sfina. What you do is, on the, you throw it on the sideboards of the sfina, right? So at the edge of the sfina, you, th- you spill it not into the water, but you spill it onto the top of the ledge, right? Wherever the, the ledge of the boat is, the top, there's a ledge there, and you throw it there. And from there, it'll drip down into the ocean. I frack the Gemara, right? We discussed this yesterday. Koichai is a problem. You can't, Mikayach, you're throwing, let's say you throw something on the ground and a roll, right? Mikayach, you're throwing, that Koichai counts. It's still, you know, for any throwing, it's Koichai. So it's Koichai, so now I'm putting it on the ledge and it spills off somewhere else. So that should be, again, a problem of taking from Rishas Hayachet to a Carmelis. So the Gemara says, Koichai be Carmelis like Gazru, that we were not Gazru Koichai be Carmelis, how do we know that there's no problem with Koycha B'Karmelis? It's a special hetero when it came to Karmelis that you can spill it somewhere even though you know it's going to come down. Let's just, we'll turn the page just to finish the right. Not tamer, the Tanya. The Tanya, like we say in Hebrew, you can't take from the boat to the ocean or from the ocean to the boat. If the boat is 10 deep, then... You are able to. Why can't you go from the ocean to the boat? You have to say that you know what? The only way to, to reconcile this difference, we say you can't take from the ocean to the boat, but you can go from the boat to the ocean. How could you do that? If either, either way, if it's a problem to take up one way from a karmas to it should be a problem to go from a to karmas. El alav, you have to say that it's a chuda, that you put it on the edge, and it was koicha, vishnamina koicha, vikarmelis, loi, gazru, 
Shema Amina. Okay?